0: act 1 of the blunderer or the counterplots by moliere this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org in the third volume of the select comedies of monsieur de moliere london 1732 the blunderer is dedicated to the right honorable philip earl of chesterfield in the following words my lord The translation of Le Tourdi, which, in company with the original, throws itself at your lordship's feet, is a part of a design formed by some gentlemen of exhibiting to the public a select collection of Molière's plays, in French and English. This author, my lord, was truly a genius, caressed by the greatest men of his own time, and honoured with the patronage of princes. When the translator, therefore, of this piece was to introduce him in an English dress, in justice he owed him an English patron and was readily determined to your lordship, whom all the world allows to be a genius of the first rank. But he is too sensible of the beauties of his author, and the refined taste your lordship is universally known to have in polite literature, to plead anything but your candor and goodness for your acceptance of this performance. He persuades himself that your lordship, who best knows how difficult it is to speak like Moliere, even when we have his sentiments to inspire us, will be readiest to forgive the imperfections of this attempt. He is the rather encouraged, my lord, to hope for a candid reception from your lordship, on account of the usefulness of this design, which he flatters himself will have your approbation. Tis to spirit greater numbers of our countrymen to read this author, who would otherwise not have attempted it, or, being foiled in their attempts, would throw him by in despair. And however generally the French language may be read, or spoke, in England, there will be still very great numbers, even of those who are said to understand French, who, to master this comic writer, will want the help of a translation. And glad would the publishers of this work be to guide the feebler steps of some such persons, not only till they should want no translation, but till some of them should be able to make a much better than the present. The great advantage of understanding Moliere, your lordship best knows. What is it but almost to understand mankind? He has shown such a compass of knowledge in human nature as scarce to leave it in the power of succeeding writers in comedy to be originals whence it has, in fact, appeared that they who, since his time, have most excelled in the comic way, have copied Molière, and therein were sure of copying nature. In this author, my lord, our youth will find the strongest sense, the purest moral, and the keenest satire, accompanied with the utmost politeness, so that our countrymen may take a French polish, without danger of commencing fops and apes, as they sometimes do by an affectation of the dress and manners of that people. For no man has better portrayed, or in a finer manner exposed, fopperies of all kinds, than this our author has, in one or other of his pieces. And now, tis not doubted, my lord, but your lordship is under some apprehensions, and the reader under some expectation, that the translator should attempt your character, in right of a dedicator, as a refined wit and consummate statesman. But, my lord, speaking the truth to a person of your lordship's accomplishments, would have the appearance of flattery, especially to those who have not the honour of knowing you, and those who have, conceive greater ideas of you than the translator will pretend to express. Permit him, then, my lord, to crave your lordship's acceptance of this piece, which appears to you with a fair and correct copy of the original, but with a translation which can be of no manner of consequence to your lordship, only as it may be of consequence to those who would understand Moliere if they could. Your lordship's countenance to recommend it to such will infinitely oblige, my lord, your Lordship's Most Devoted and Most Obedient, Humble Servant, the Translator. Dramatis Personae. Lelia, Son to Pandolfos.
1: Read by Leanne Yao.
2: Leander, a young gentleman of good birth. Read by Thomas Peter.
3: Anselmo, an old man. Read by Sonia.
2: Pandolfus, an old man. Read by Nima.
4: Rufalden, an old man, read by Todd.
2: Andreas, a supposed gypsy, read by Son of the Exiles.
5: Mascaril, servant to Lelio, read by Larry Wilson.
4: Ergast, a servant, read by Alan Mapstone. A messenger, read by Zames Curran.
6: CELIA, SLAVE TO TRUFALDEN. Read by T. J.
7: Burns. Hippolyta, daughter to Anselmo. Read by Eva Davis.
0: Stage directions. Read by Devorah Allen. Scene. Messina. The Blunderer, or the Counterplots. Act I. Scene I. Lelio, alone. Very well. Leander, very well we
1: must quarrel then we shall see which of us two will gain the day and which in our mutual pursuit after this young miracle of beauty will thwart the most his rival's addresses do whatever you can defend yourself well for depend upon it on my side no pain shall be spared
0: scene two Lilio, masqueril ah masqueril
5: what's the matter
0: A great deal is the matter.
1: Everything crosses my love. Leander is enamoured of Celia. The fates have willed it, that though I have changed the object of my passion, he still remains my rival.
5: Leander enamoured of Celia.
1: He adores her, I tell you.
5: So much the worse.
1: Yes, so much the worse, and that's what annoys me. However, I should be wrong to despair, for since you aid me, I ought to take courage i know that your mind can plan many intrigues and never find anything too difficult that you should be called the prince of servants and that throughout the whole world
5: a truce to these compliments when people have need of us poor servants we are darlings and incomparable creatures but at other times at the least fit of anger we are scoundrels and ought to be soundly thrashed
1: nay upon my word you roll me by this remark let us talk a little about the captive tell me is there a heart so cruel so unfeeling as to be proof against such charming features for my part in her conversation as well as in her countenance i see evidence of her noble birth i believe that heaven has concealed a lofty origin beneath such a lowly station
5: you are very romantic with all your fancies but what will pandolphus do in this case he is your father at least he says so you know very well that his bile is pretty often stirred up that he can rage against you finally when your behaviour offends him he is now in treaty with anselmo about your marriage with his daughter hippolita imagining that it is marriage alone that mayhap can steady you now should he discover that you reject his choice and that you entertain a passion for a person nobody knows anything about THAT THE FATAL POWER OF THIS FOOLISH LOVE CAUSES YOU TO FORGET YOUR DUTY AND DISOBEY HIM, AH, HEAVEN KNOWS WHAT A STORM WILL THEN BURST FORTH, AND WHAT FINE LECTURES YOU WILL BE TREATED TO.
1: A TRUCE, I PRAY, TO YOUR rhetoric.
5: RATHER A TRUCE TO YOUR MANNER OF LOVING. IT IS NONE OF THE BEST, AND YOU OUGHT TO ENDEAVOR.
1: DON'T YOU KNOW THAT NOTHING IS GAINED BY MAKING ME ANGRY? that remonstrances are badly rewarded by me, and that a servant who counsels me acts against his own interest.
5: Ah, he is in a passion now. All that I said was but in jest, and to try you. Do I look so very much like a censor? And is Masquerel an enemy to pleasure? You know the contrary, and that it is only too certain people can tax me without nothing but being too good-natured laugh at the preachings of an old gray beard of a father go on i tell you and mind them not upon my word i am of opinion that these old effete and grumpy libertines come to stupefy us with their silly stories and being virtuous out of necessity hope through sheer envy to deprive young people of all the pleasures of life you know my talents i am at your service
1: "'Now this is talking in a manner I like. "'Moreover, when I first declared my passion, "'it was not ill-received by the lovely object who inspired it. "'But just now, Leander has declared to me "'that he is preparing to deprive me of Celia. "'Therefore, let us make haste. "'Ransack your brain for the speediest means "'to secure me possession of her. "'Plan any tricks, stratagems, rogueries, inventions "'to frustrate my rival's pretensions.'
5: Let me think upon this matter. Mm, What can I invent upon this urgent occasion?
1: Well, the stratagem.
5: What a hurry you are in. My brain must always move slowly. I have found what you want. You must... uh, uh, No, 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 that's not it. But if you could go... Whither? No. That's a flimsy trick. I thought that... uh... What is it? That will not do either. But could you not? Could I not what? No, you could not do anything. Speak to Anselmo.
1: And what can I say to him?
5: That is true. That would be falling out of the frying pan into the fire. Something must be done, however. Go to Trufalden. What to do? I don't know.
1: Oh, sounds. This is too much. You drive me mad with this idle talk.
5: Sir, if you could lay your hand on plenty of pistoles we should have no need now to think of and try to find out what means we must employ in encompassing our wishes we might by purchasing this slave quickly prevent your rival from forestalling and thwarting you Trufalden, who takes charge of her is rather uneasy about these gypsies who placed her with him if he could get back his money which they have made him wait for too long I am quite sure he would be delighted to sell her, for he always lived like the various curmudgeon. He would allow himself to be whipped for the smallest coin in the realm. Money is the god he worships above everything. But the worst of it is that...
1: What is the worst of it?
5: That your father is just as covetous an old hunk, who does not allow you to handle his ducats as you would like. But there is no way by which we could now open ever so small a purse in order to help you. But let us endeavour to speak to Celia for a moment, to know what she thinks about this affair. This is her window.
1: But Truvalden watches her closely night and day. Take care.
5: Let us keep quiet in this corner. Ah, ah, what luck. Here she is, coming just in the nick of time.
0: SCENE 3 Celia Lelio, Masqueril Ah,
1: madam, what obligations do I owe to heaven for allowing me to behold those celestial charms you are blessed with? Whatever sufferings your eyes may have caused me, I cannot but take delight in gazing on them in this place.
6: My heart, which has good reason to be astonished at your speech, does not wish my eyes to injure anyone. If they have offended you in anything, I can assure you I did not intend it.
1: Oh, no, their glances are too pleasing to do me an injury. I count it my chief glory to cherish the wounds they give me, and—
5: You are soaring rather too high. This style is by no means what we want now. Let us make better use of our time. Let us know of her quickly what—
0: Trefaldin, within. Celia. Masqueril, to Lelio.
5: Well, what do you think now?
1: a oh, cruel mischance what business has this wretched old man to
0: interrupt us
5: go withdraw i'll find something to say to him
0: scene four trefalden celia mascareel and Lelio in a corner trefalden to celia
4: what are you doing out of doors and what induces you to go out you whom i have forbidden to speak to any one
6: I was formerly acquainted with this respectable young man. You have no occasion to be suspicious of him.
5: Is this Signor Trufaldin?
6: Yes, it is himself.
5: Sir, I am wholly yours. It gives me extreme pleasure to have this opportunity of paying my most humble respects to a gentleman who is everywhere so highly spoken of.
4: Your most humble servant?
5: Perhaps I am troublesome but i have been acquainted with this young woman elsewhere and as i heard about the great skill she has in predicting the future i wished to consult her about a certain affair
4: what do you dabble in the black art
6: no sir my skill lies entirely in the white
5: the case is this the master whom i serve languishes for a fair lady who has captivated him He would gladly disclose the passion which burns within him to the beauteous object whom he adores but a dragon that guards this rare treasure in spite of all his attempts has hitherto prevented him and what torments him still more and makes him miserable is that he has just discovered a formidable rival so that i have come to consult you to know whether his love is likely to meet with any success be well assured that from your mouth i may learn truly the secret which concerns us
6: under what planet was your master born
5: under the planet which never alters his love
6: without asking you to name the object he sighs for the science which i possess gives me sufficient information this young woman is high-spirited and knows how to preserve a noble pride in the midst of adversity She is not inclined to declare too freely the secret sentiments of her heart, but I know them as well as herself, and am going, with a more composed mind, to unfold them all to you, in a few words.
5: Oh, wonderful power of magic virtue!
6: If your master is really constant in his affections, and if virtue alone prompts him, let him be under no apprehension of sighing in vain. He has reason to hope. The fortress he wishes to take is not averse to capitulation, but rather inclined to surrender.
5: That's something. But then the fortress depends upon a governor whom it is hard to gain over.
6: There lies the
5: difficulty.
0: Mascarille, aside, looking at Lelio.
5: The deuce takes this troublesome fellow who is always watching us.
0: I am
6: going to teach you what you ought to do.
0: Lelio, joining them.
1: "'Mr. Treveldan, give yourself no farther uneasiness. "'It was purely in obedience to my orders "'that this trusty servant came to visit you. "'I dispatched him to offer you my services, "'and to speak to you concerning this young lady, "'his liberty I am willing to purchase before long, "'provided we two can agree about the terms.' "'Masqueriel,
0: aside.
5: Plague take the ass.'
4: "'Oho! Which of the two am I to believe?' this story contradicts the former very much
5: sir this gentleman is a little bit wrong in the upper story <laughs> did you not know it
4: i know what i know and begin to smell a rat Cecilia get you in and never take such a liberty again as for you two arrogant rogues or i am much mistaken if you wish to deceive me again, let your stories be a little more in harmony.
0: Scene
5: five,
0: Lelio Mascheril.
5: He is quite right. To speak plainly, I wish he had given us both a sound cudgelling. What was the good of showing yourself and, like a blunderer, coming and giving the lie to all that I had been saying? I thought I did right. To be sure. Ah, but this action ought not to surprise me. You possess so many counterplots that your freaks no longer astonish anybody. Good heavens!
1: How I am scolded for nothing! Is the harm so great that it cannot be remedied? However, if you cannot place Celia in my hands, you may at least contrive to frustrate all Leander's schemes, so that he cannot purchase this fair one before
0: me. But
1: lest my presence should be further mischievous, I'll leave you
0: masqueril alone
5: very well to say the truth money would be a sure and staunch agent in our cause but as this mainspring is lacking we must uh, employ some other means
0: scene six anselmo masqueril
3: upon my word this is a strange age we live in i am ashamed of it there was never such a fondness for money and never so much difficulty in getting one's own notwithstanding all the care a person may take debts nowadays are like children begot with pleasure but brought forth with pain it is pleasant for money to come into our purse but when the time comes that we have to give it back then the pangs of labour seize us. Enough of this. It is no trifle to receive at last two thousand francs, which have been owing upwards of two years. What luck. Masqueril
0: aside.
5: Good heavens, what fine game to shoot flying? Hist let me see if I cannot wheedle him a little. I know what speeches to soothe him. Joining him. Anselmo,
0: I have
3: just seen... Who, pretty?
5: Your Narina.
3: (laughs) What does the cruel fair one
5: say about me? Say? That she is passionately fond of you. Is she? She loves you so that I very much pity her. Oh, how happy you make me the poor thing is nearly dying with love oh my dearest anselmo she cries every minute when shall marriage unite our two hearts when will you vouchsafe to extinguish my flames but why has she hitherto concealed this from me
3: girls in troth are great dissemblers masquerie what do you say really though in years Yet I look still well enough to please the eye.
5: Yes, truly that face of yours is still very passable, if it is not of the handsomest in the world. It is very agreeable. So that?
0: Masqueril, endeavoring to take the purse.
5: So that she dotes on you and regards you no longer. What? But as a husband, and fully intends... And fully intends. And fully intends uh, whatever may happen to steal your purse. Uh, To steal?
0: Mascareel, taking the purse and letting it fall to the ground. Uh,
5: To steal a kiss
3: from your mouth. Ah, I understand you. Come hither. The next time you see her be sure to say as many fine things of me as possible let me alone farewell
5: may heaven guide you
0: anselmo
3: returning hold i really should have committed a strange piece of folly and you might justly have accused me of neglect i engage you to assist me in serving my passion you bring good tidings and i do not give you the smallest present to reward your zeal here be sure to remember
5: oh pray don't permit me i won't indeed i do not act thus for the sake of money i know you do not but however no anselmo i will not i am a man of honour this offends me
3: farewell then muskaree
5: ah how long-winded he is
3: anselmo coming back i wish you to carry a present to the fair object of my desires i will give you some money to buy her a ring or any other trifle as you may think will please
5: her most now there is no need of your money without troubling yourself i will make her a present a fashionable ring has been left in my hands which you may pay for afterwards if it fits her be it
3: so give it her in my name but above all manage matters in such a manner that she may still desire to make me her own
0: scene seven anselmo masqueril lilio taking up the purse whose pass is this during the whole of the preceding scene masqueril has quietly kicked the purse away so as to be out of sight of anselmo intending to pick it up when the latter has gone
3: oh heavens i dropped it and might have afterwards believed somebody had picked my pocket i am very much obliged to you for your kindness "'which saves me a great deal of vexation "'and restores me my money. "'I shall go home this minute and get
0: rid of it.'" SCENE eight, Lelio, Masqueril.
5: Olds death, there. you have been very obliging, "'very much so.'
1: "'Upon my word! "'If it had not been for me, he
5: would have lost his money.' "'Certainly you do wonders, "'and show to-day a most exquisite judgment.' And supreme good fortune we shall prosper greatly go on as you have begun
1: what is the matter now
5: what have i done to speak plainly as you wish me to do and as i ought you have acted like a fool you know very well that your father leaves you without money that a formidable rival follows us closely yet for all this when to oblige you i venture on a trick of which i take all the shame and danger upon myself- what was this- yes ninny it was to release the captive that i was getting the money whereof your officiousness took care to deprive us
1: if that is the case i am in the wrong but who could have imagined it
5: it really required a great deal of discernment
1: you should have made some signs to warn me of what was going on
5: yes indeed i ought to have eyes in my back by jove be quiet and let us hear no more of your nonsensical excuses another after all this would perhaps abandon everything but i have planned just now a master-stroke which i will immediately put into execution on condition that if no
1: i promise you henceforth not to interfere either in word or deed
5: go away then the very sight of you kindles my wrath
1: above all don't delay for fear that in this business
5: once more i tell you be gone i will set about it
0: exit Lelio.
5: let us manage this well it will be the most exquisite piece of roguery if it succeeds as i think it must we'll try oh but here comes the very man i want scene
0: nine pandolphus masqueril
2: masquerilla sir to tell you the truth i am very dissatisfied with my son
5: with my master you are not the only one who complains of him his bad conduct which has grown unbearable in everything puts me each moment
2: out of patience i thought however you and he understood one another pretty well i believe it not sir
5: I am always trying to put him in mind of his duty. We are perpetually at daggers drawn. Just now we had a quarrel again about his engagement with Hippolita, which I find he is very averse to. By a most disgraceful refusal, he violates all the respect due to a father.
2: A quarrel?
5: Yes, a quarrel, and a desperate one too.
2: I was very much deceived then, for I thought you supported him in all he did.
5: I? See what this world has come to. How is innocent always oppressed? If you knew but my integrity, you would give me the additional salary of a tutor, whereas I am only paid as his servant. Yes, you yourself could not say more to him than I do in order to make him behave better. For goodness sake, sir, I say to him very often, cease to be driven hither and thither by every wind that blows. Reform! Look! What a worthy father heaven has given you what a reputation he has forbear to stab him thus to the heart and live as he does
2: as a man of honour that was well said and what answer could he make to this answer why only
5: nonsense with which he almost drives me mad not but that at the bottom of his heart he retains those principles of honour which he derives from you but reason at present does not sway him if i might be allowed to speak freely you should soon see him submissive without much trouble speak out it is a secret which would have serious consequences for me should it be discovered but i am quite sure i can confide it to your prudence you are right know then that your wishes are sacrificed to the love your son has for a certain slave.
2: I've been told so before, but to hear it from your mouth pleases me. I leave you to judge whether I am his secret confidant. I am truly glad
5: of it. However, do you wish to bring him back to his duty without any public scandal? You must. I am in perpetual fear lest anybody should surprise us. Should he learn what I have told you, I should be a dead man you must as i was saying to break off this business secretly purchase this slave whom he so much idolizes and send her into another country Selmo is very intimate with Trufalden. let him go and buy her for you this very morning then if you put her into my hands i know some merchants and promise to sell her for the money she costs you and to send her out of the way in spite of your son for if you would have him disposed for matrimony we must avert this growing passion moreover even if he were resolved to wear the yoke you designed for him yet this other girl might revive his foolish fancy and prejudice him anew against matrimony
2: very well argued i like this advice much here comes anselmo go i will do my utmost quickly to obtain possession of this troublesome slave when i will put her into your hands to finish the rest
0: Masqueril alone
2: bravo i will
5: go and tell my master of this long live all knavery and knaves also
0: scene ten. hippolyta Masqueril, i traitor is it thus that you serve
7: me i overheard all and have myself been a witness of your treachery had i not could i have suspected this you are an errant rogue and you have deceived me You promised me, you miscreant, and I expected that you would assist me in my passion for Leander, that your skill and management should find means to break off my match with Lelio, that you would free me from my father's project. And yet you are doing quite the contrary. But you will find yourself mistaken. I know a sure method of breaking off the purchase you have been urging Pandolphus to make, and I will go immediately.
5: How impetuous you are! you fly into a passion in a moment without inquiring whether you are right or wrong and you fall foul of me i am in the wrong and i ought to make your words true without finishing what i began since you abused me so outrageously
7: by what illusion do you think to dazzle my eyes traitor can you deny what i have just now
5: heard no but you must know that all this plotting was only contrived to serve you that this cunning advice which appeared so sincere tends to make both old men fall into the snare that all the pains i have taken for getting celia into my hands through their means was to secure her for Lelio, and to arrange matters so that anselmo in the very height of passion and finding himself disappointed of his son-in-law might make choice of leander
7: what this admirable scheme which has angered me so much was all for my sake masquerie
5: yes for your sake but since i find my good offices met with so bad a return since i have thus to bear your caprices and as a reward for my services you come here with a haughty air and call me knave cur and cheat i shall presently go correct the mistake i have committed and undo what I had undertaken to perform.
7: Hippolyta, holding him. Nay, do not be so severe upon me, and forgive these outbursts of a sudden passion.
5: No, no, let me go. I have it yet in my power to set aside the scheme which offends you so much. Henceforth you shall have no occasion to complain of my zeal. Yes, you shall have my master, I promise you.
7: My good masquerade be not in such a passion i judged you ill i was wrong i confess i was pulls out her purse but i intend to atone for my fault with this could you find it in your heart to abandon me thus
5: no i cannot do what i will but your impetuosity was very shocking let me tell you that nothing offends a noble mind so much as the smallest imputation upon its honor
7: it is true i treated you to some very harsh language but here are two louis to heal your wounds
5: oh all this is nothing i am very sensitive on this point but my passion begins to cool a little already we must bear with the failings of our friends
7: can you then bring about what i so earnestly wish for do you believe your daring projects will be as favourable to my passion as you imagine
5: Do not make yourself uneasy on that account. I have several irons in the fire, and though this stratagem should fail us, what this cannot do, another shall.
7: Depend upon it. Hippolyta will at least not be ungrateful.
5: It is not the hope of gain that makes me act.
7: Your master beckons and wishes to speak with you. I will leave you, but remember to do what you can for me.
0: SCENE eleven, LILIO. Masqueril What the deuce are you doing here? You promised to perform wonders, but I am
1: sure your dilatory ways are unparalleled. Had not my good genius inspired me, my happiness had been already wholly overthrown. There was an end to my good fortune, my joy. I should have been a prey to eternal grief. In short, had I not gone to this place in the very nick of time, Anselmo would have got possession of the captive, and I should have been deprived of her he was carrying her home but i parried the thrust warded off the blow and so worked upon Trafalden's fears as to make him keep
5: the girl this is the third time when we come to ten we will score it was my contrivance incorrigible scatterbrains that anselmo undertook this desirable purchase she should have been placed into my own hands but your cursed officiousness knocks everything on the head again do you think i shall still labour to serve your love I would sooner a hundred times become a fat old woman, a dolt, a cabbage, a lantern, a werewolf, and that Satan should twist your neck.
0: Lelio, alone.
1: I must take him to some tavern, and let him vent his passion on the bottles and glasses.
0: End of Act 1